Hello, my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. I'm here with Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Hello, Father. How are you doing today? Oh, doing great today. I'm excited about some of the great things that are coming up in these uh, these next days. Uh, but before we go into the great gospel that we have for this weekend, um, can we talk a little bit about what we do when it's snowing outside? Oh, yeah, you know, we, we recently had a snow day here at the parish, um, and it may not have snowed as much as we wanted to, but yeah, um, I I love to cook. Mm, I, love, um, I love to eat. So we have much in common. <laughs> my, my wife loves to eat as well, and she loves that I, I'll just cook, and, and um, actually that, that week, it was actually right before the snow day, um, so I did it a little beforehand, but I would if I hadn't done it, I would have done it on the snow day. Um, I just... Got a desire. I was like, I want to go make. I want to go bake something. And so I made brownies. You made brownies. Uh, I just felt Good like making you. brownies, and it brought me kind of a little bit of a peace and consolation. And um, it was funny when I was back in seminary. Uh, the guys that I in the house that I live with, they knew that Tyler was stressed, and to leave him alone when he just was in the kitchen, and he started was baking or cooking something. You leave him alone, he'll be fine, and you'll get something out of it. <laughs> so, are you more of an artist, or are you more of a scientist in the kitchen? So they tell me an artist is the one who can cook, and they taste it, and they they put chemicals or, or they add salt or whatever. And the scientist is the one who follows the recipe, and it gets baked, and it comes out exactly as it should. I'm a little bit of both. Wow. Because uh, I think I am more of the artist in that I'm like, okay, I can get a feel for what I need to do with this and everything. But I'm the scientist, and then the, the reason I get there is I love learning why mm. things work they do in the kitchen. Like, mm. wh- why do you do this certain thing with something, and what, what's, why is it going to help it cook better? Uh, and then I can take that and use that as I'm doing the, you know, the artist way of doing it. I am much more of a scientist in the kitchen. I follow the recipe, and it had better come out right if I'm following the recipe. And to change things along the way, why would you do that? You wouldn't change anything in the recipe. <laughs> well, and, and there are certain recipes from certain people I trust. I'm like, I don't need to do anything with it. But then there's other ones where I'm like, okay, I see what you said there, but I know better than you, and so mm. I'm going to fix what you did. Yeah, I'm no stranger to the kitchen, and I can definitely survive inside of a kitchen. Um, my, I, I don't get as much time as I would like to be able to spend time mm-hmm. in the kitchen. So they don't put that on the vocation posters that you don't get weekends <laughs> off anymore to be able to do some great meals. But, um, yeah, I can pull off some things. So like, um, stuffed bell peppers is mm. something that I like to pull together. And, um, yeah, just, especially in, when it's cold like this, get out a crock pot mm. and be experimenting with putting different things inside of the crock pot <laughs> and the flavors just melt together right. inside of a crock pot. That's one of my favorite things to do in the kitchen. What's your favorite thing to cook? Oh my goodness, that's hard. Um, you know, I think my love for cooking and working with food started with, with baking specifically with like breads. Uh, and so in some ways I think I go back to that. I like making bread. Um, whether I started like the first thing I really started learning to cook and learn to bake really I feel like was was pretzels like mm-hmm. homemade soft pretzels and from there it, it went to you know wanting to make these different types of breads um, oh, you really put it in the oven right you don't cheat and use one of those bread machines where you no. put the stuff in there and push the button no no good no, good I'm no. not a fan of the bread machine uh, in fact it looks too easy I I for a while there I I I went full out I was making some really nice sourdough breads and everything where I would cook them in in this nice uh, cast iron uh, pan with a cast iron lid on it in the oven and um, you know you have to you have to wow. score them on top so they get just a little cut into them as well and, wow um, 
I didn't know you could do that. Use a cast iron pan to make bread. Never seen it happen. Yeah, so like you know the the, the big bakers and everything that make like these nice um, loaves of bread in their ovens, they have an, a system that injects steam into the oven to mm. help. The, the bread cook it in a proper mm-hmm. way. And so doing this cast iron pan with it, this nice cast iron lid, it, it traps the steam that's coming from the dough. And so it kind of emulates that a little bit in the same way. The sisters could have used that when they were making the uh, the host that we use for mass. So I know of a religious <laughs> community that would bake their own breads. This is a couple of decades ago. And so um, the trouble was that they weren't getting the moisture content right. Oh, interesting. And so during the fraction right, the our Lord is supposed to break. And you can imagine what that feels like as a priest, that you are breaking uh, the body of Christ. And so there should be a, a little crack. There should be a, mm. a pop to it. And the sisters couldn't get it to pop. It was real doughy <laughs> bread. And so consistently it would just bend and kind of had to pull our Lord apart. Oh, no. So they had to get the moisture content worked out. And, but they eventually got it. That's fascinating. <laughs> I've never seen seen hosts uh, for Mass just bend instead of just break. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier we have a lot of kind of things celebrating coming up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our sponsor this week is one of those things we're going to kind of celebrate in the church. Yeah. Which is the, the Blessing of Throats on the Feast of St. Blaise on February 3rd. St. Blaise's Feast Day is on Friday this year, and we're going to bless people's throats on his feast day. I, I'm passionate about honoring the saints on their mm. day. And I've heard that sometimes uh, it got moved to a different day here at St. Jude Parish. But this year we're going to do it on his feast day. So it's Friday on uh, the 3rd of February, and we're going to be blessing, uh, blessing throats on that day. That's uh, I I always loved the feast of Saint Blaise and having that that, that blessing and I remember when I was in seminary we'd always do it and like that feeling mm-hmm. of like these two candles get put between around your neck and it's like oh okay it's scary <laughs> I understand here at Saint Jude Parish we actually have one of those fancy forked candles so it looks oh. like the the priest or the deacon is holding one candle and then has a fork at the end of it and it kind of slides around your neck which is a little bit less like feeling of there's a two swords around your <laughs> neck and wondering what's going to happen next is he going to is he going to pull those two candles and put tension there <laughs> so i can't wait to test out these these new candles because I, I i'm used to the old type like you're describing tyler where you put the two Two candles that right. are kind of tied to each other. Right. Put those around their throat, and all you have to do is put a little pressure on it, and, <laughs> and it, it makes the, the throat a little uncomfortable in that moment. Uh, well, I think that's that's a wonderful thing. Come to Mass on February yeah. 3rd. Daily Mass is at 8 a.m., and at the end of Daily Mass on Friday, February 3rd, we'll be blessing everybody's throats. Wonderful. Well, uh, as we enter into the rest of this, this episode, would you read us this Sunday's Gospel, Father? Yes, yes, let's listen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. 
The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is such a beautiful gospel, mm -hmm. and I just feel so privileged to be able to have this um, put before us once again in, in the life of the church, because we're going through Matthew's gospel here in cycle A, mm. and this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. And um, I, uh, there are a couple of Beatitudes that always jump out at me of great importance, but the first one I would point out is, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And in Greek, it's the Anuim. And the Anuim were a whole group of people within Israel that were still waiting for the Lord to come. They were trusting oh. that, that um, the prophecies of Isaiah were going to be fulfilled, and all they had to do was wait for the Lord. But they were waiting for centuries and mm. centuries and centuries, and it made them poor in spirit, that just the, the long wait, mm. that they weren't um, satisfied until the Lord Jesus had Christ actually came again. So our Lord says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed is that group that has been waiting so long. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What a beautiful promise. How about you, Tyler? Which one jumps out at you? I mean, I, I think we talk about, you know, food a little bit ago. The idea of a blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This idea of like, we desire that. And it's sometimes even a struggle. We talked about last week of forming our consciences. And there's even a struggle to fight for, for righteousness. Mm -hmm. And we hunger and thirst for that. But we will be satisfied if we, if we continually exactly. continually fight for that righteousness. Consider the satisfaction is, is in such short supply these mm. days. People seem to be so unsatisfied with their lives or with their relationships, with their their walk with God and with the church and our Lord wants us to be satisfied it doesn't mean that that is always easy mm. but satisfaction will be given to us and blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness they will be satisfied what a beautiful promise well and I think it's that you know we will be satisfied and yet you even mentioned it with with, with Anuim, Anuim they waited for centuries and sometimes it, it takes a while mm. we, we we want that we live in a society that says we want this now and like no we, we need to continually you know hunger and thirst for that and, and we may not get the satisfaction of it this instant but we will eventually especially when we get to heaven we will have that mm -hmm. that, that satisfaction of of being it's a satisfaction that's already, so on some level within this world, become satisfied, right. but not yet. Right. When you get to heaven, then it's going to be completely satisfied. Mm. So we get what they call like signals from God or God winks, right. where God is uh, pointing out to us that our hunger and thirst for righteousness is of him, and it's something good. Mm. And then he gives us a sense of satisfaction, mm -hmm. but it's not quite the full embrace that we're ready to have, which we will have when we get to heaven. Absolutely. For me, I also consider blessed are those who mourn. And this flies in the face of comfort Catholicism because <laughs> usually people don't want to mourn. And so it brings up the question, is it okay to mourn? Is mm. it okay to be sad? And the answer is yes, for blessed are those who mourn. But what are we mourning? We should mourn sin, our mm. own sins and the sins of the world. And too often we get into mourning things we've lost. We lose our status within the world and, and somebody doesn't think well of us or somebody said something bad about us on a post online. Or maybe even our health is going through some, some mm. crisis. And we go through those mornings. And, well, all of that stuff just comes and goes. Mm. And, yeah, that we, it's just a sign that we didn't release something to the Lord. We weren't living a complete discipleship of, of giving all to the Lord. And we thought we had stuff for ourselves. In, in the end, it's all for the Lord. And so our mourning is that we sin and that we're not faithful to the Lord. I, I, you know, there's been a few times I definitely have, have felt it when I've, when I know when I have, you know, sinned and I've, and I've immediately recognized 
oh my goodness, I, I, I failed so miserably and going to confession and mourning that sin and being able to go and just kneel before the Lord prior to the confession and just like, Lord, please just let, let, let me give this to you. Forgive me. And to be able to go into the confession and find the peace and joy after that. So part of the mourning process is that we come before the Lord acknowledging that we're mm. sinners. And, and all the psychologists tell us, yeah, you got to feel it. You have to mourn when something isn't quite right. Well, certainly it's that way within the spiritual life that Absolutely. we have to mourn when something isn't quite right and come before the Lord and, and feel it deep. Mm -hmm. But then he says they will be comforted. And <laughs> the comfort comes through forgiveness, mm. through union with Absolutely. God. And what could be more comforting than to have God in union with us? I also think of this other beatitude. This one has always struck me ever since I, I heard a, a talk on it. And it was like an hour and a half long talk. But it was all on, uh, blessed are the pure of heart, mm. for they shall see God. And um, I'm sure I was awake for most of that talk. <laughs> and because I remember the, the priest who was speaking told us, um, to be pure of heart is such a big challenge because our hearts go in so many different directions. We want other things or the, the, the pure in, in spirit or those who are just want God alone. So often we want other things within this life. And it's a part of our fallen human yeah. nature that we want all of these other things. And if we're going to be able to see God, we have to want just God. And that's a great promise to be able to see God. Even Moses, when uh, God passed before the tent, he had to veil his face mm. because he couldn't look upon God. And afterwards, his face was radiant because he had he had looked upon God or he had, had, God had come so close to him. There was this light that came mm. from Moses' face. And yet that's the promise for me and you. We get to be even better than Moses. Yeah. We get to look upon God and we don't have to hide our face as God comes to be with us. And that's given to those who are pure of heart. It's, uh, the, you mentioned this idea, there's so many things where we want this and yet like to desire only God, to desire, that's what we ultimately want. I I recognize in myself constantly this like, oh, you know, if I had this in my house or this, this would make my life a lot easier and I could do this and it'd be great. And ultimately, I think I always have to kind of come back to the center of like, you know, I want all these things, but you know what, the thing I want more than anything else, Lord, and I have to say this prayer constantly, otherwise I get caught up on all the, the, the things in the world that I want is like, I, I want to be a saint. I want to be in heaven with you. I want yeah. my family to be a saint. That's all that really matters. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's a hard prayer at times because there are all these things like oh that's not even a bad thing it's a good thing but like it it has no real value in comparison to the grand scheme this idea of I want to be with you yeah we have a friend here at the parish who is his teenage daughter is going through um, cancer mm. and he's they're just so much at peace it's just an inspiration to the rest of the world to be able to watch this peacefulness and that happens because we are pure of heart all we want is God and to be saints to be able to look upon God and even mm. if it comes prematurely by our estimations the goal is still the same we want to be able to to see the face of God for all eternity and mm. gaze upon him absolutely well uh Thank you for sitting down and diving into the Beatitudes, These, this, this beautiful uh, beginning to the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I also thank you for not spending 45 minutes on this. Like the <laughs> longest homily I've ever heard oh, was no. a 45 minute homily on, on the Beatitudes. It was, it did was I good. Preach it? Did you, I preach you it? You did not. Okay, no, good. no. I get um, that credit. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was good, but it was, it was long and I, I struggled to stay awake, but thank you for letting us die, helping us dive deeper into these, these wonderful Beatitudes. And, and I pray that we're able to all strive to live them out each of our, each day of our lives. 
As we go forth, though, uh, would you give us your blessing? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.